Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 17 of the Closet Champion Podcast. I am your host, the reigning, rarely defending, highly disputed champion of pro wrestling podcasts, Mike Mueller. On today's episode, I am going to be discussing the upcoming Money in the Bank pay-per-view that's happening this Sunday and giving my predictions for all of the matches. You know, the WWE is challenged with having to run yet another pay-per-view in front of no audience, and while it's been a tough time, I do think that they've adjusted well, and I have no reason to believe that Money in the Bank is not going to be another entertaining event, just like WrestleMania was. They did a great job with WrestleMania, and I think they're going to continue it here. I do like the card. I have to say there's only six listed matches so far from Money in the Bank. I'm sure there's going to be a couple on the um, kickoff show. You know, Sami Zayn, I think, is still not around, um, but they might have a U.S. title match or a Raw tag team title match, something like that for kickoff. But even if we only get the six advertised matches, it's still a pretty good card, and I'm actually looking forward to it quite a bit. So let's not waste any time. Let's dig right in. Let's talk about the first match. Uh, I've got Tamina and Bayley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. This should be a pretty straightforward win for Bayley. I don't take Tamina to be a very legitimate contender or a threat. Um, she's 42 years old. She's been with the company for 10 years now, which is awesome. But in that 10 years, she's never even really come close to even sniffing gold. Uh, in fact, she's never even had a one-on-one -on -one match for the Women's Championship on a televised show. I did some research, and she's only had one shot at the Divas title back in 2014 against Paige. That was when Paige first came on the scene, and Tamina was kind of like her first opponent. But besides that, Tamina hasn't gotten too many chances at the top of the card for the women. And it's... You know, it's understandable. I like Tamina a lot, but you know, you look at her objectively, she's not a great worker. I'll give her a few extra points for being a big woman, and some of the things that she can do for a big woman is is pretty good. Her agility is there. But, you know, the personality is very muted, her move set is very limited. All of these things tell me that she's not gonna be the face of the company even for a minute. So I do think that Bailey is going to end up winning this match. However, I do want to throw in one little caveat here. There is a, a little wrinkle that I've been thinking about, and the more and more I'm thinking about it, the more it's making me think there might be a huge upset here. Uh, I think that the Bailey storyline is going to culminate with Sasha Banks. I don't think there's any way to avoid that. We're getting there at some point. Eventually, somebody's going to turn on someone, but I really don't see it happening until at least SummerSlam. I think they want to save that for a big card, and they want to save it for an audience. So we've got time to kill, and we can just keep this, you know, Bailey train rolling and have her beat everybody. But if you wanted to start planting the seeds now, um, you know, the seeds of doubt, the seeds of distrust, you could do something... I could see them very easily pulling something off where Sasha screws over Bailey, most likely inadvertently, but costs Bailey the title. Tamina gets it. She doesn't have to hold it very long. She can drop it, you know, whenever to Bailey or to Sasha, and then we can continue the storyline that way. So if WWE is looking for a fairly inconsequential way to throw us a curveball, I think having Tamina win the championship at Money in the Bank would be a great curve. And like I said, it's something that would be very, very short, maybe a month, probably only a couple weeks. But if they want to throw us off, 
you know, the track of just assuming that we as the smart marks know everything. I think this is a golden opportunity for them to do it. I'm not predicting it, but secretly, honestly, I'm kind of hoping for it. I think it'd be pretty cool. Next match on the card is Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt for the Universal title. And that is a distinction that's very important to make. It's Braun versus Bray, not Braun versus The Fiend. Um, I think this is going to end in some kind of screw job fashion. Not screw job fashion, but like it, it's going to be like uh, they're going to, you know, screw up the finish. It's going to be a, a double DQ or a count out or something where this story isn't over yet. And I think this has been a great beginning to a story. I think that Bray Wyatt uh, can do anything. And it's cool to see someone that can kind of like get in the head of Braun Strowman and be psychological. Uh, however, I don't think we've told that story enough yet. And I don't see Bray Wyatt as Bray Wyatt beating anybody. I think since he's come back, he's only had one match, I believe. And that was against The Miz and he lost. He got his ass kicked um, because it all sets up, you know, Bray Wyatt's like the nice, mild mannered version. And then, you know, The Fiend takes over and runs rickshaw on everybody. Well, given that it's against Bray Wyatt, I really don't see Braun having much of a challenge. I think he's going to dominate the match. But what I would love to see happen is something like the lights go out. You know, again, keep in mind, this is not live. This is, you know, pre-recorded stuff. But the lights go out, and when they come back on, bam, there's the fiend standing in the middle of the ring. And Bray Wyatt's there too, by the way. Bray Wyatt's going to be there the Fiend's going to be there. Braun's going to not know what the hell to think, what's going to happen. Maybe he'll get attacked by both of them or something. But, you know, the match and match ends kind of, you know, screwily, if that's a word. And <laughs> Braun Strowman ends up retaining. But I think this is a few that's going to go on for a little while, too. So not expecting anything too clean there. Next match up on the list, we've got Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins for the WWE title. Should be a great match, probably the match of the night, no doubt about it, at least as far as the singles or non-Money in the Bank matches go. Uh, this is definitely the one that I'm most excited about and I think should do the best. You know, both Drew and Seth are incredible workers. And I like what they're doing with Drew. They're making him a fighting champion. Um, I liked the Big Show match uh, that he had right after WrestleMania. I thought that was a great way of building him up. I like that it was a legitimate match and that we were afraid for a moment that Drew might actually, you know, they might Drew do Drew dirty and screw him out of the title. Um, people love Drew. You know, the internet is crazy for him. He's the first interesting white meat baby face in a long time, probably since John Cena, I would argue. Um, AJ Styles was really popular as a white meat baby face, but I couldn't stand him. So this is the first interesting one to me in a long time. And I think a lot of people are thinking, you know, okay, how are they going to screw Drew? This is too much of what I want. They never give me what I want. They're going to find a way to take this away from me very quickly. But Drew keeps winning. And I see that continuing with Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is a great challenger. He's a legitimate challenger. Um, he's a great worker. So you know you're going to have good matches with him. But he's not his character is slipping kind of into that number two heel role, which I'm fine with, but that sort of number two heel role where he's going to be kind of the guy 
the last guy that, you know, baby faces have to get over before they get a big push. Now, with a baby face, face in Drew McIntyre being the champion, who knows how long they'll run that for. But Seth Rollins and his character, I think, actually are even better without the title. Um, I think if they have the title, you know, sort of the appeal of the the Seth Rollins character, the heat from that character comes from, you know, you, you talk like you're the best and you pretty much act like you're, you know, the second coming of Jesus, but you're not. And you don't have, you know, a leg to stand on in that. That's, you're so wrong. You're so full of yourself. And so your ego is so overblown that you can't put a title on a guy like that because that then validates everything that he says. And you kind of want to you know, you don't want to validate this character. You want to see him as this constant antagonist that you're just trying to prove wrong. So I like Seth Rollins as the challenger. I don't like him as the champion. I think it's just going to be a stepping stone for Drew, but a great stepping stone, a huge, huge win for Drew McIntyre here. I think they're really got some long-term big plans with him. And I hope they do. It's been working so far and we've just seen the tip of the iceberg. Uh, next match on here is the Fatal 4-Way match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. And this is starting to sound repetitious and boring, and I'm sorry, but I just see more chalk. I see the champs defending again. Um, I see New Day retaining this without much of a threat. You know, their New Day has been around so long and they have so many titles that their reputation is kind of beyond being tarnishable so you can take the titles off them at any point and it doesn't really hurt them but they did just get the titles it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for them to take it away from Miz and Morrison if they're just going to drop it again um, to somebody unless they're dropping it back to Miz and Morrison but if you're going to do that I would much rather just see a standard tag team match I don't see the reason to include Forgotten Sons or Lucha, Lucha House Party if that's your big plan is just to have it go right back to Miz and Morrison. So unless they do something crazy, like Forgotten Sons have just come on the scene, so maybe they want to give them, you know, a really out of nowhere push. But unless something crazy like that happens, I see another title retained here. I got all of the champs holding their titles, actually. And like I said, that's kind of boring. But, you know, this pay-per-view hasn't really been built around the title matches. This pay-per-view and the beauty of the Money in the Bank pay-per-view as a gimmick pay-per-view is it's built around the Money in the Bank matches. So the title matches are rather inconsequential. In fact, I think besides 2011 with CM Punk versus John Cena, I can't think of any Money in the Bank pay-per-view where the title match was a bigger storyline than the Money in the Bank match. I could be wrong on that. Someone please uh, hit me up at Closet Champ on Facebook and Twitter uh, tell me what I'm forgetting, but off the top of my head, Cena Punk is the only time that I can ever think of a title match being more relevant than the Money in the Bank match. So, all right, let's get in to the Money in the Bank matches. Uh, in case you missed it on Raw, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, Apollo Crews hurt himself allegedly in a match against Andrade. So they had a gauntlet match this past Monday on Raw to see who would become the sixth and final entrant. Uh, That gauntlet match was won by AJ Styles. Um, And given what a star AJ Styles is, I am convinced more than ever that the Apollo injury is all an angle. Um, But whether it is or not, I think of the old uh, Bruce 
Pritchard phrase, and I'm I'm very, very much paraphrasing this, but it's essentially if you have to make a change to the advertised card, you always change it for the bigger and for the better. Like you're not you don't you don't replace you you don't replace Samoa Joe with Zack Ryder. No disrespect to Zack Ryder who's gone. But you know, you replace Samoa Joe with Seth Rollins. You know, you go a step up whenever you have to make that replacement. So whether this was all a big plan to just hide AJ for as long as they could before the match, or it was a legitimate injury and they have to get someone to replace him, I think AJ Styles is a great decision. I think Jinder Mahal would have been a good decision too if they wanted to go that route. But AJ Styles works perfect for this situation. And so going into the men's uh, Money in the Bank match, I've kind of broken this down by no chance to win, very little chance to win, or a good chance to win. So the person that I think has no chance to win in the men's Money in the Bank match, and there's only one, but I think that's Rey Mysterio. Um, you know, Mysterio's got a resume a mile long, and he's a permanent fan favorite. He's been over for 25 years, so there's no real threat um, to to hurting Rey and his character. He's he's always going to be seen as a main event level guy, and while you have ultimate respect for him at this stage in his career you're not really putting him in a, a title situation. And especially, I mean, yeah, maybe you put him in a title match because he can draw money, but he's not going to be Mr. Money in the Bank. That He's just too much of a, a part-time schedule. You know, Money in the Bank guy has got to always kind of be around to have that permanent threat if he can cash in at any time. It just doesn't make sense for Rey Mysterio to win this. But since he's in it and it's a ladder match, you know, we're going to see some crazy spots that I'm looking forward to because I always love seeing Ray in these kind of matches, and I'm glad that they're giving him another chance to shine sort of in the twilight of his career, but I really don't think he has any chance. A couple people that I would say have very little chance. First one is going to be Otis. I think Otis is comedy gold, and him with Mandy now, um, and still somewhat feuding with Dolph. He's got a lot going on. Everybody loves Otis, and he might become a main event talent at some point, um, and by the way, for anyone who thinks that comedy and a gimmick can't make you a main event star, I have one word for you, mankind. Otis can be a main event player, but I think he's still more than a year away from being that main event player. So the, putting the briefcase on Otis doesn't really jive with me. I don't see it. I would rather see them spend this year kind of milking his relationship with Mandy Rose and eventually breaking up heavy machinery with Otis coming out as the face and Tucker coming out as the heel. How Mandy factors into that, I don't know. I'd like her to stay with Otis, but you know, it's always a great storyline to have, you know, the girl break the guy's heart and turn evil. What guy can't relate to that? So that might happen, but I really think that there's enough going on with Otis for the next year that you can do. There's so much you can do with him that you don't need to put him in that spot yet. And I think that's a lot of pressure on a guy who's very new to the company. And like I said, it's pretty much gotten over as a gimmick. Uh, to make that person Mr. Money in the Bank is is a big leap, and I just don't think he's ready for it yet. Um, another person that I think has very little but a possible chance is Daniel Bryan. 
I almost put Daniel Bryan at no chance, um, but he's so good in all areas of wrestling that there's always a chance it could happen. If they're not sure what way they want to go and they want to go with something that they know works, they could give it to Daniel Bryan. They've done it before. It's what made him a star in 2011. Um, you know, So for that reason, I'll give him a puncher's chance, but I think he actually has even less of a chance than Otis. I'd be more surprised to see Daniel Bryan win this than to see Otis win this. And the last person that I'm putting in the group of very little chance or a low chance is Baron Corbin. It seems pretty obvious to me that they finally realized that Baron Corbin is just not the main event guy that they want him to be. He's already won and unsuccessfully cashed in a Money in the Bank contract before, so I don't think people are going to see him having it as this big threat because he's already squandered the opportunity once. And I think the storyline of, oh, I, I missed my shot before, I'm not going to miss my shot again. Eh, no. You know, I, I, I think nobody wants to see this, and it's not... Like, nobody wants to see this in the sense of, oh, nobody wants to see Brock be champion. Because that's not true. People, it's not that people don't want to see Brock as champion. It's that people want to see other people get the chance to succeed. I don't think that's the case with Corbin. I don't think we're just plain old sick of Corbin because he's been so dominant for so long. I just think he has fuck you heat and people don't want to see Baron Corbin. He's a great worker. He's incredibly professional. I think he always has a spot on the roster and deservedly so, but we've spent the last, what, three years toying with him being a main event guy and it hasn't happened yet. If you put the briefcase on Baron Corbin, I think you're going to get a lot of fuck you heat and you don't want fuck you heat. So unless they're just insisting on shoving him down our throats, which they might be, which is why I'm giving him some chance, I don't see it being Baron Corbin. And that leaves us with two guys who I'm calling the favorites to win this. Uh, first is Aleister Black. You know, when Apollo Crews was in the match instead of AJ Styles, I think Aleister Black was by far the runaway favorite. He's been on fire. He has only one singles loss since joining WWE, and that was back in March against, ironically, AJ Styles. Food for thought. And he's not exactly the type of character Aleister Black is that I would really imagine walking around with a bright green briefcase. Um, <laughs> but if he wins, I'm sure they'll change it up, you know, kind of like a Rob Van Dam style or a Damian Sandow style, and they will kind of have the briefcase match Aleister Black's character. You know, probably be all black with some, like, you know, Nordic shit on there or some big snake or something. They'll make it work, and it's totally possible. Um, but like I said, I don't think he needs the briefcase. He's the type of character and he's been built in such a way that he's kind of seen as the favorite in any match that he goes into. If Aleister Black does win this, I sort of plan on him using the briefcase in the way that John Cena or Braun Strowman did and announcing it in advance and kind of building a storyline up to that match. I don't see him using it and cashing in on a beaten down opponent that I, I think that's really bad for his whole um, persona. His whole persona is like, come find me and fight me. And so like to be this like snake in the grass move and, and, you know, being a vulture and, and picking on, you know, a, a beaten up champion that doesn't really mesh well with his character. So if he does win it and there's a great chance he's going to win it, uh, he, I think, is going to be the type of person that would announce ahead of time that he's going to cash it in. However, 
I think as great of a chance as Aleister Black has, I think the best move here is AJ Styles. He's a late addition to the match, which, like I said, I think is all a work. His last appearance on TV was before the gauntlet match was at WrestleMania, where he had the match of the night against Undertaker. I don't know if you can call it a match, but, you know, the segment of the night against Undertaker. And, yeah, he lost, but, besides, like I said, it's maybe besides Seth Rollins, who's a bigger heel on Monday Night Raw right now? I think AJ Styles is definitely that number one heel, and I think giving him the briefcase and putting that win on him, he's the right kind of character to do it. You know, when he's a bad guy, he's very sleazy, he's very cowardice, he's very underhanded. It fits his character. He's someone that will cash in at any time. He's always around. He's good on promos. He's great in the ring. Um, and it's I, th- I think they can get a lot, a lot of mileage out of AJ Styles being the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase holder, Mr. Money in the Bank. It just it makes the most sense to me for AJ Styles to win this match, and he is officially my prediction to win. Um, We are currently getting a little bit of a cameo by Tanner, the dog next door. So Tanner's chiming in. He thinks AJ Styles is a great pick as well, by the way. So if you want to go ahead and bet against Tanner, go ahead, but I I think you're throwing your money away. So AJ Styles is going to win the men's money in the bank. And that leads me to the women's Money in the Bank match. And I'm saving this for last because I have no idea what the hell is going to happen in this match. I have been trying to analyze this thing for the past week, and I feel like I have made zero progress. I'm going to try to break it down in the same way as I did the men's match with no chance, somewhat of a chance, and a great chance. But I got to tell you, this was not, not easy for me. Um, I actually didn't put anybody in my no chance uh, group for the women. I did. I think the longest shot, the one closest to a 0% chance is Carmella. She's not really doing anything right now besides kind of like a half-assed partnership with Dana Brooke. Um, she's really been lost ever since they split her and our truth up at the uh, draft, the SmackDown Raw brand split draft. She's kind of just been lingering, um, but she is a former Money in the Bank winner, so she's always a threat. And, you know, who knows? Maybe they haven't been doing anything with her since the split because they were saving her storylines for after she wins the briefcase. So while I think she's the longest shot and I do not think she's going to win, I'm not giving her no chance. I'd say maybe a 5% chance. Slightly ahead of Carmella, I've got Dana Brooke. I think Dana Brooke has improved tremendously in the ring, especially if you look back to her very, very beginning when they kind of brought her in with Charlotte um, during one of Charlotte's first heel runs. She kind of was the bodyguard for Charlotte. And, oh man, she was rough to watch. Now I don't have to turn off a Dana Brooke match. I used to. Now I don't have to turn it off. So she has improved in that regard. Um, But the mic work is still really lacking. Her charisma in general is improving a little bit, but still nowhere near the top. Um, But they have been giving her a huge winning streak lately, which could be a sign that they have faith in her and that they're going in this direction. 
Um, if Dana Brooke does win, I think it would be very akin to Daniel Bryan winning his Money in the Bank match, where it really did kind of come out of nowhere and nobody saw that coming. But, you know, it worked out tremendously for Daniel Bryan. And it could work out for Dana Brooke. But I think we're kind of all in agreement that Dana Brooke is not now, nor will she ever be Daniel Bryan. So for that reason, I'm again, I'm putting her toward the bottom. I think she has a slightly better chance than Carmella, but still a, a very, very long shot. The other four women, I'm kind of all putting in the same category of I can totally see any of them winning it for a variety of reasons. Um, first one, Lacey Evans. You know, they really want to make babyface Lacey Evans a thing. And I think with her like classy Southern Belle sort of gimmick, the Ms. Money in the Bank kind of goes hand in hand with that. I think it works well for her character. Um Again, I don't I don't think she should win it. I don't think she's ready, but they've given her title matches before. She's clearly someone that they see a lot of potential in. And if they want to have the person hold the contract for a long time, because last year Bailey won the won the match and then cashed in her uh, contract the very same night. So I think they want to have someone hold on to it for a while, a la Carmella 2017. So if you want to do that, having someone like Lacey Evans or even going back to Dana Brooke makes sense because you can give them time and groom them and make them better, uh, you know, performers before they have to do anything with the briefcase. And if you give them all that time and they still stink the joint up, you can fucking have them lose it. You know what I mean? People have lost it before. No woman has lost it before yet. So I'm curious to see how that happens, who the first woman to lose it is going to be. Maybe it'll be this year with Lacey Evans. Who knows? Another person that I think is about the same odds, a good chance of winning it, actually, is Asuka. Asuka, I really like. Um, I really like her for this match, too, in particular. Um, she's been the most entertaining part of the Performance Center shows. Um, she's wild and crazy and funny and fierce and vicious. Um, she's silly and cavalier and it's been hilarious and wonderful. I love this new side of Asuka. Um, but she's still a heel. Like, she's still a heel, but she makes me laugh. Um, but I like her. I like the crazy eye makeup. Um, I know a lot of people think it's too much. I, I think it's perfect, this whole, like, toxic vibe that she's giving off when she was spraying the mist. It all worked for me. I This is the most I've liked Asuka since they brought her up from NXT. And now that she doesn't have the weight of the tag team titles around her, I think she's a much bigger threat. And get like I said, given the work that she's done over the past several weeks, I think you're stupid if you don't see Asuka as money. Um, so I think she's got a very good chance of winning this. Nia Jax is another option that's a, a, a pretty solid, sexy pick. She's fresh off an injury, so you want to give her that push right away, get people remembering how legitimate she was. Um, she's the biggest woman in the field, which normally doesn't bode well for Money in the Bank uh, ladder matches. But, you know, Kane's a former winner. Braun Strowman's a former winner. So they will let those big bodies win. It's just not the norm. So she's got that going against her. But another thing going forward, like I said, former champion. She's got great promos. Uh, she's got a really good moveset. She is a little bit dangerous to work with. But it's clear that WWE has a soft spot for her. And I think she's someone where I don't think she's too big for the briefcase. I don't think she's too much of a permanent threat 
and to the point where like the briefcase wouldn't help her. I think the briefcase could still help Nia Jax. And when she cashes it in, oh my god, you're you're like, oh well, this is you you know she's not going to lose it. She's not going to be the first woman to lose a Money in the Bank uh, contract opportunity because look at the size of her. There's no way she blows it. And maybe use that to have her blow it. Who knows? But I I think she's a very very likely person to win this and then of course we have the odds on favorite in this match with Shayna Baszler uh she is the odds on favorite rightfully so she was the most dominant NXT women's champion of all time she was runner-up at this year's Royal Rumble she took out every single person in the elimination chamber she had a headlining match with Becky Lynch at Wrestlemania she's the definition of a constant threat my only issue with Shayna winning this match is the same thing I had with Aleister Black. It's the same problem I had with John Cena and Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar winning these matches. They don't need it. She is... When would you ever say, Shayna Baszler doesn't deserve a title shot? You know, she's always that threat. So why does she need this, you know, briefcase to help her achieve something that she should be able to achieve on her own just by the size of her and the way that they present her? I think this is really, this is like the, the underdog's opportunity, the underdog's title. And yeah, sometimes you have to have a big person win it um, just, you know, to keep everybody on their toes and not make it too predictable. If someone like Daniel Bryan won it every single year or Carmella won it every single year, that would get really old. Um, but given how new Shayna is and how dominant they're already making her look, I really don't think she needs this belt or uh, this title. I think they're going to give it to her. I think she is going to win the Money in the Bank match. And it does make a lot of sense um, if you want to have Becky Lynch go on and start doing other things. And, you know, Shayna never getting that rematch from WrestleMania that she thinks she deserves. Um, This is a great way to keep uh, Shayna Baszler in the fold without putting her in the forefront of storylines with Becky Lynch. You can have Becky work with a few other people and there's always that threat of Shayna being around to come get her revenge on Becky. And if Shayna wins, by the way, I do I have to say I think she's not going to hold it for very long and I think she will cash it in on Becky Lynch and she will cash it in successfully. So my official pick is Shayna Baszler. However, if I were booking this, I think the person that could benefit the most from the briefcase and I think could have the most interesting run with the briefcase would be Asuka. So Shane is my official pick, but I'm secretly rooting for Asuka. And um, with all that being said, I do feel there's a couple things about Money in the Bank that I want to say. I want to go on a limb right now and say are going to happen. And I think these are things for the best. And I think if it doesn't go down this way, it's a missed opportunity. One, I think think that this match is going to be shot cinematically the way that the Boneyard match or the Firefly Funhouse match was. Um, it could be shot in a straight up like Attitude Era style backstage people scrambling and fighting. There's chaos and bedlam, but I see it honestly having a little bit more um, cohesiveness than that and a little bit more of a thought out plot storyline than that, especially with them going up to the different buildings. So I really see them shooting this again in a cinematic way, and I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to help the match a lot. Two, I think that both the men's and the women's briefcases are going to be grabbed simultaneously. I just think that that's going to look cool. I think it's a great shot for the end of the night. Um, I don't know if 
the man is going to help the woman or the woman's going to help the man. But I see, I just, I don't know. I just see a bunch of people at the top, um, you know, on the roof at the same time all going for it. And I just see it ending the same way. I don't see the woman getting her briefcase and then seven minutes later the guy gets his. I just have it all end at the same time. I, I think that's the most concise. I think it's fun. Um, and it's just, it's a no-brainer to me. Uh, the last thing that I think is going to happen with this Money in the Bank match is I see them doing it very similar to WrestleMania 12 with the Hollywood backlot brawl between Roddy Piper and Goldust. If you're familiar with that, that match, quote-unquote, took place over like an hour and a half, <laughs> if not longer. It's they would show part of it, and then they would go back and they would have a match in the ring. And then we check back in throughout the course of the pay-per-view and see what's happening with the men's, you know, or what's happening with that backlot brawl. I see them doing the same thing here. I think the rest of the matches are going to be in the performance center, whereas uh, the Money in the Bank matches uh, are going to be, obviously, at uh, the global headquarters. Unless they have all the matches on the roof, which would be cool. That would actually be really cool. Now I'm changing my mind. Now I want them to do all the matches on the roof. But I think they're going to do the match in the Performance Center, the Money in the Bank uh, thing happening at uh, the global offices, and they're just going to keep cutting back to that match as it progresses, and we'll go, 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 and then maybe the last 10 minutes of the pay-per-view after Drew and Seth will be the culmination of that. Um, and we're going to end the night in seeing the two people that are Mr. and Miss Money in the Bank. So those are the things that I see happening. I'm, like I said, I'm really, really excited for this pay-per-view. Um, please let me know what you think. I'm going to make a post just asking your opinions. I want to know what matches are you looking forward to? Who do you think is going to win this freaking briefcase? Because I got to say, I've been watching this since Money in the Bank pay-per-views were a thing. And this is really the first time that I'm like, I have no confidence in my picks. I'm not going to lie. It's what I think is going to happen. It's what might happen, but... I wouldn't even put a dollar on it. So let me know what you think on Twitter and Facebook at Closet Champ. And until next time, I am your reigning, rarely defending, highly disputed champion, Mike Mueller. And I'm going to take the count out loss and get out of here with my belt. Good night, everybody.